Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. Music. This is Alan Bishop, head alchemist at Spirits of French Lick. Be on the lookout for a brand new bottled and bond Solomon Scott rye whiskey. Made from a mash composed of 65% rye, 35% corn, and 5% victory malt. This five-year-old 100-proof rye whiskey is a throwback to early 1800s-style rye whiskeys of the Ohio Valley. Named after the legendary Daisy Spring Mill distillery owner, turned moonshiner Solomon Scott of Paoli, Indiana. Remember, drink responsibly and never drink and drive. Mariano uh, America, uh, Americana band, old Americana band, old America. but also Kenny uh, has been uh, playing in an uh, opening for a lot of uh, big time acts, and uh, he, we were talking about it, but he got to play in front of 50,000 people at Virginia Beach, so Kenny, if you remember, Randy, tonight, we're the Scotchy Burberry Boys, uh, I'm yeah. Tiny, this is Roxy, and we have El Presidente. Randy Pressy, and if you remember when we did that uh, uh, podcast last year, when uh, when Kenny was down there, he basically pulled his guitar out and said, "Hey, let's do a let's do yeah. a theme song." Mm-hmm. So he, I was like, "Okay." So he came up with that. I asked him for a little bit of you know John Mellencamp and whatever, and I, I it's like once again, except when you're on El Presidente. It's always better than the podcast itself. <laughs> you're too kind. So let's just get right into it. Um, uh, you know, uh, you're here tonight. Uh, we are two weeks out. This time, I believe, in two weeks, we'll be bourbon in the air. And that's pretty exciting. I mean, we're, we're just getting ramped up right now. We're prepping our livers. Two weeks from right now, bourbon in the air will be done. And we will be out in Bardstown carousing. So what time is bourbon in the air? Six to eight. Six to eight. Oh, okay. Okay. So six to eight. So we will be done. Well, that's good. Ish. Eight-ish. Yeah. It's our our private party. There's 600 people max. Okay. So if we we decide to stay after eight, we can. 
Ah, okay. That's all. That's all that made that got tickets to Bourbon in the Air, and that was how that sold out pretty quick, right? Well, and it's sponsors and the distillery executives and all of the Flask Force VIP people got a ticket. So, I mean, over half of the tickets were gone just with insiders, and then we mm-hmm. sold the other, I don't know, two hundred or whatever. That is an event, honestly, after last year that um, that if you in the in the future, uh, please don't miss it. I mean, it's something special, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it was everyone's favorite. It was my favorite. The whole idea was, you know, when I my first day in the job, I got out of my car and I could smell Barton, you know, in the air, bourbon in the air, literally. Yeah. And, and you can smell it all throughout Bard, Bardstown. And that was my inspiration. And then from previous versions of the Bourbon Festival, we had the All-Star Sampler, and that was indoors in a kind of a nondescript, no offense to anyone, but a very nondescript space. And now here we are outside with two, like, amazing, mature park-like settings with all the tents and the distilleries, and it just it seemed to make sense. And last year, if we could bottle that magic, which we're trying to do this year, and repeat it, that's exactly what we're doing. Well, you got to get Bartons to do a cook on Thursday night between six and eight because that smell in the. I mean, I remember like the first day on Friday and getting out there. Or it started at noon, and we were getting out. And while we were setting up, you could that morning you could just smell. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, it just smells. So, there's no no other place that smells like that, right? No, and, and you know, I always think of this, Jeffrey, and you being from Wisconsin too. You, you know what the paper mills smell like in Wausau, mm-hmm. not good. You know, I mean, I, I lived and worked 10 minutes from Miller Brewing, and there's this distinct smell when Miller is, it's not, it's not a good smell. And here we are, you get that sweet bourbon smell in Bardstown, there's nothing, else. it's the smell of money. But it smells so much better than everyone else's smell of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's, it's just a defense. If you go, when the Miller is actually, um, not when they're making the distill, you know, the beer, the first part, I agree. There's right. a, but there is a point in, in Milwaukee where it does smell good, where you get that yeasty well, smell. That, that hops. But yeah. like you said, there's about two-thirds of the other part that's not smelling good, you know? Yeah. yeah. And a hot <laughs> so. August day driving by Miller Brewing is not a good thing. <laughs> and I lived in Racine, the home of Frank's Sauerkraut and Franksville. There is even a worse smell of money, which is the smell of rotten cabbage <laughs> in the fields that welcomes visitors to Racine. So I, uh, as much as I love Racine and that whole east coast of Wisconsin – <clears throat> Bardstown has got the better, the best of the smell of monies in my book. Yeah. That that cabbage smell is uh, from a long. That's kids. I yeah. mean, I remember that cabbage smell driving to my in Kenosha, driving to my grandpa and grandma. It was a certain time of the year. <laughs> it just was like probably right. right about now. Rotten cabbage. Yep. <laughs> and then we have bourbon. So let's talk bourbon in yep. Bardstown. Yep. Let's. You know, our, our 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 tagline is. Whiskey only, only in Bardstown, and that is absolutely what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Uh, just go in, go into where did that come from? Oh, go into the fifty. Um, you have like uh, go. Is it forty nine distilleries right now, or is it um, forty eight? I think okay. at last count, and there was forty nine, but two of them kind of. 
got bought out and blended, and it it's complicated. <clears throat> yeah, it it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, but you seem to, you're gonna not only that, but you know, one of the cool things about the festival, not only do you have all the people in the distillers and all the executives running around the festival all weekend, kind of doing uh, up on stage and doing things, but there's a lot of people. That from the outside of Kentucky that come down that have Kentucky roots and stuff like that. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Well, and this is the first year that we've been able to document where every single ticket buyer is coming from. And we have been from day one in May, May 11th, I think, when tickets went on sale, consistent all the way through today, 75% of the people that are coming to the festival that bought tickets are, are from outside of Kentucky, which means wow. 25% are in Kentucky and it, and it Bardstown and it's Claremont and it's Cox's Creek. And, you know, it, it, it is a lot of locals. So contrary to what was going on last year, the reality is a lot of people locally got tickets. And then you, you get into Frankfurt and Louisville and Lexington and Paducah and Bowling Green and, you know, out, out, out in the outskirts, but 75% of the people come to this, event are from outside of Kentucky, including Alaska and Hawaii wow. and the UK and Canada and Japan. You know, travel is starting to slowly come back. I don't think this is the year for international travel yet, but next year it will be. But yeah, I mean, we have people and, and it's Georgia and it's Florida and it's Texas, it's Wisconsin. Um, you know, of course, Iowa is a little weak on the ticket sales. We don't expect much from Iowa, but uh, Ohio, Ohio, Indiana, Missouri, you know, the touching states are all killing it. Illinois yeah. is killing it. Um, so we, if there's anybody in Iowa, I challenge you to kind of get out there and get the Iowa people. I mean, fired they, up, fire up Iowa. Suburban, yes. It's not all about the butter cow at the Iowa State Fair. You know, there's other, other things. They do grow a lot of corn in Iowa, so you'd think that they want to, but you know, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so. Yep. Exactly. So okay. Just real quick, uh, the barrel pick program with with yeah. Justin's House of Bourbon. Go over that and kind of you know it was so exciting this year and there and it was so much expand and then go over with how it's going to be set up during the. I think most people want to know compare you know comparatively that are going what they got to do yep. to be able to get these awesome bottles that you guys picked oh and and thank you it's crazy now now keep in mind and you you all know and jeffrey you and roxy know sorry tiny that i was (laughs) relatively new to the whole whiskey world i'm a craft beer guy and a lot of other things going on so in 2020 when i started steve coombs and i were talking and i said what is this barrel pick thing i mean should we be doing that would people buy those bottles and I asked that question, and we got 10 of them last year. So we went from 29 years of zero barrel picks to last year being our 30th year, we had 10. This year, our second year of the barrel picks, we've got 20. And uh, it is, I mean, it's a good balance of your Knob Creek and Elijah Craig and Maker's Mark, Wild Turkey. I mean, literally, Eddie and Jimmy went into their own little family stash and picked a barrel wow. to, to bottle for us. To a lot of crafts. I mean, we've got, you know, new riff coming on board. We did one with barrel craft spirits. And, you know, Greg Snyder's usually on here. You know, and Greg, you know, shout out. The first barrel pick of chicken cock in their history back to 1856, very first time ever, was ours. So 
uh, and I think he mentioned that a couple weeks ago. So you will actually be able to come to the Bourbon Festival and have access to all 20 of those single-barrel selections. They're sold exclusively at the festival. Last year they sold some at the, the Justin's House of Bourbons, and then the balance was sold out at the festival. This year they're going all in. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have a bottle shop that is going to be operational the entire time. And if there happens to be anything left over, which I don't think will be, they will sell them at, the, at their stores. But so a couple thousand bottles. I mean, if you think about the yield, 150 maybe per barrel, and we've got 20 of them. Think about that. Right. Wow. But now, as the days go by, you're going to only have a certain, I mean, obviously, are you going to have a certain amount allotted where so that you can keep that stock throughout the festival? I mean, when if I the one so. day, because because yeah. I know how people are with that, and yep. it seems like a lot, but there are people who are going to be buying either multiple bottles or they're going to be buying the full set and that type of thing. Right. Now, and because that's the kind of people that come to the festival, mm-hmm. these are the these are the 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 serious enthusiasts and the people who love it. And then I, I like. Uh, at first, when you were talking about that Sunday single pass ticket that you that you have, that's really kind of nice because that brings in an enthusiast that might have not been able to have the whole weekend, but you give them a shot at that one day. And I think those yeah. tickets sold 100% based off of being able to then get there and purchase. And the fact that you're spacing right. it out, you should have, you know, a lot of... But then talk about... Can I, the, can I talk now? Yeah. <laughs> I'll shut the fuck up. No, um, no, but you're absolutely right. It, it was supposed to be always a three-day ticket, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and I know how consumers are. I know how I was. I mean, and, and Kate and I would go to a, a four-hour craft beer festival for $80, but we wouldn't go to a three-day beer festival. So at the last minute, we added that Sunday sampler. So last year, Friday and Saturday were the big days, and Sunday was kind of a light version Um Justin sold Friday and Saturday. Our single barrels were sold by the end of the day Saturday. There was no bottle sales. There was right. nothing educational on the stages. There were no musical <clears throat> acts playing on Sunday. It really was kind of a stripped-down version. This year, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're all programmed the same way. There's educational classes, there's music, and Justin's will have the bottle shop. So back to your original point, I believe, I don't know what the percentages are, if it's if it's 30, 30, and then whatever, or if it's going to be 40, 40, 20, well, they'll hold back some sales for Sunday. But <clears throat> there are people that are absolutely buying Sunday sampler tickets coming in for the day. It's going to be a killer day, but they're coming from, you know, around the area. They're day trippers. They're not committed to hotels. They yeah. just want to try it out. But a lot of people have emailed me on the side and said, hey, we've got that sampler. If we love it, we'll be back next year and buy all three days. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a pretty important entry point for people who, are interested, but they're not that diehard enthusiasts that are out there doing the, you know, the tours and, or they're just people that live here locally and they have every weekend or every day of the week, they can go and do a distillery tour, but they really want to kind of check 48 distilleries with 125 or 130 different whiskeys to sample. So it's kind of good that way. Yeah. Um, Aaron Conkle, who is coming and he's a Scotchy bourbon boy, he's coming down there with us. He wants to know, are they sending the wristbands by mail for the flask force, or do you pick them up there? So that was a good question. No. So, Aaron, thank you. And anybody listening, we actually have uh, wristband is our box office, so it's kind of our ticket master. All the wristbands, and, and I showed you, Jeffrey, yep. the wristbands. And the flask force, 
is right there. <laughs> so you will be getting, Aaron, you'll be getting those in a envelope that looks like this. You'll open it up. It'll be in a black padded envelope. You open it up, and, and in that little pocket will be your wristbands. Awesome. And yes, this is a this is a small proof that I printed out and cut out and taped together. Just so you can show us. No, so the, the wristbands and all the little envelopes should be going out yesterday, today, tomorrow. Obviously, holiday weekend. We promised everybody that like the Tuesday, Wednesday after Labor Day, you'd have them. And there's a number on the back that when you get your folder, there's instructions on how to activate them. So you have to go online and activate them. But when you have them on your arm and you show up at the festival, boom, you'll scan it and you'll get right in. Awesome. Awesome. And then there's instructions on how to load uh, some of your events on there too, right? If you've <clears throat> received right. in that. Okay. So that's one thing. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little cumbersome in all, you know, transparency. We expected that this partnership was going to be, you buy your three-day taster ticket and you start buying the premium that the box office people would have it all loaded on your wristband and you walk in and activate it once and you've got it all. I think there's a little bit more user upfront that you have to go in and make sure you've got your, if, if you bought other dinner. So I apologize in advance. That's something we're working on improving uh, going forward, but there is a little bit of that extra couple clicks that you have to go to make sure, but you can also enter your credit card and you can walk up uh, to our bar and you know buy drinks and stuff. We're testing it this year, hopefully to roll it out bigger, you know, next year. Awesome. Okay. That's, that's, that's uh, amazing. Now, Talk just a little bit more about, um, I, I had a question. So Justin's House of Bourbon is going to be there, and they're going to have this awesome bottle shop selling all the barrel picks. And then all the distilleries, right, that are Kentucky distilleries, they're allowed to sell uh, right. bottles right from there because of the change of the law just recently there in Kentucky right. to allow... Kentucky distilleries, you know, the main distilleries to be able to sell bottles. So they're going to be selling from there. Now, is there, are they, are there going to be special bottles from the distilleries that are just for Kentucky Bourbon Festival where they're going to have special releases? Or don't you know yet what, what all the distilleries are doing? We don't know. And, and back to your point, March 29th is when Governor Bashir signed into law what was originally House Bill 500. So that allows distilleries with DSPs, and there's a lot of criteria that has to go into being a DSP. Yep. The principal mm -hmm. owner has to be in a Kentucky, and it's a, they have to be producing actually in Kentucky. They all have the opportunity for the first time ever, the first time anywhere in the world, to sell bottles from the festival. So you could walk up to the James B. Beam Distilling Company and buy five or six different SKUs, and I'm sure they'll be selling the, you know, their Legion, They'll be, you know, getting into Basil Hayden's, that kind of thing. You you walk over to your Maker's Mark, and they could be selling their things. You can walk down to Bartisan Bourbon Company. They'll be selling the things. You go to Heaven Hill. Um, as, as long as you have a DSP, Buffalo you're, Trace. you're able to sell. Buffalo Trace. I mean, Pep, James E. Pepper. I know all the DSPs. I mean, they're, the, the Kentucky bourbon uh, distilling industry is so proud of the DSP. You know, they're, they're proud of that. It's just like the number that it is. I think there's like, it's, what is it, 230 or whatever? I mean, there's a huge amount now, but 
you know, the ones that have the original ones and everything, and that that is a, uh, you know, it's something to be proud of. Now, is Absolutely. now is Justin's House of Bourbon as a as the agency there? Are they allowed to sell other bottles than what they're selling? Or no? Okay, that's no. So the way it works is, and this is getting way into the legal weeds, but when you come to the Bourbon Festival to buy the single barrel, like the one we were joking about earlier these technically are mine i own them the the bourbon festival buys them mm. so every single bottle that justin sells is kentucky bourbon festival owns it okay and so it goes to our point of sale it goes to our bank and then at the end of the whole thing we settle up with justin's and justin's is just they're kind of as volunteers to to run the the, the operation but um they will not now I, I should clarify because we want to set expectations. When you come into the festival, not all 48 distilleries in their booths are going to be selling. Some are not. As I mentioned, the the, the non-distilling producers, the MVPs, are not able to sell at the festival. They can sample, which last year being year 30 was the first year we could even do that. So right. as much as it might be disappointing for the distillery and for the customer come in on the second year of the new model two years ago nobody was able to do any of this stuff so the fact that you come to the bourbon festival and even sample is a is a step up so if you can't sell if you're an ndp distiller and you can't sell you can absolutely tell people where to buy your product yeah i'm i'm encouraging them to have qr codes like oh i like that boom click the you know click it and here's the website and, and tells where you can buy it but there are a number of the DSP distilleries that will be selling, and it's exciting for them. But not everyone will be. Um, I, I know for a fact Four Roses will not be selling this year. Okay, it doesn't matter what the reason is. They're you know they're coming in. They're going to do sampling. It's going to be amazing, like they did last year. But they just chose not to sell. So I don't want people thinking that they're going to walk in and have this 135 different SKUs. You know that they're going to be able to buy a right. lot will, and and some won't. So the, what about, okay, this is a question for me that I just thought of. Are they allowed to sell at Bourbon in the Air? This year, no. Okay, that's that's all this I wanted. Year, this yeah. year, it's sampling only. And it's not because any legal reasons. I mean, we've, we've got a, our permit for all all days. But Bourbon in the Air, if you recall, you, you were there. It's supposed to be kind of a, a soft opener, mm-hmm. not just for the customers, but also for the distilleries to kind of come in and get their legs underneath them and you know get a vibe you know, so they can kind of sync up i don't know when you're drinking uh last year we were drinking uh the four roses limited edition 2021 which was a fantastic release by four roses poured by brent elliott i mean i mean that's something that you just don't forget you know what i mean those are that's the kind of experiences that you bring out and that bourbon in the air you know i think uh steve nally who just has been all over it this year I mean, he's been in on every single channel <laughs> on the internet and on uh, Netflix and whatever. And he basically <clears throat> was pouring his, you know, Bardstown Bourbon Company's, you know, main thing. I mean, when you get that, that's something that's special. You know, and that's that is a great point that we were really promoting last year because of being the first year of the new format. But you remind me that. We've got all of these master distillers and brand ambassadors and whiskey makers. You know, you, you get into, you know, Andrea and Dan from Michter's and you get into Cave with Rabbit Hole and Greg with Chicken Cock. I mean, they're all going to be there signing. 
um, Brent Elliott. I mean, it's it's like you have a backstage pass at the Grammys. With, yeah, you know, yeah. Golf, For, the rock band. But, yeah. but it's like a backstage pass at at history because these people, you know, the, it's an industry. But it's an industry right. so well documented, mm-hmm. and it's like right. everything that happens with it. So we love that. So and they're, and they're all so gracious. I mean, mm-hmm. Danny Kahn, you know, from Barton, 1792. I, I was a fan of Danny's when he was with Sierra Nevada as their head brewmaster, and he leaves and comes here and does the 1792, which is among my favorite. And, you know, I, it's just cool because he's walking around looking for someone to talk to. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it is awesome. And of course, Fred and Freddie, you know, you, you just, <clears throat> and then there's a lot of the up and comers that maybe you haven't heard of, but you should know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of those guys that are like the evil geniuses sitting in their little <laughs> laboratories and, and uh, in five, 10 years from now, they're going to be the Connor, the Brent, the Denny, you know, the Fred and Freddie, it's, they're, they're out there. I mean, just like you said, uh, 1792 no longer gives tours. But you're going to have access to them at the at the festival. Mm-hmm. It's be closest that right. you get to that to meeting the master distiller. And um, but also the same thing. I'm looking forward to Aaron Harris, who was at Watershed for a while. He is now the master distiller at Green River. So I'm looking right. forward to seeing old friends. You know, people that have gone. You know, were th- two hours away, who are now six hours away. Um, I, yeah. I look forward to meeting. But it's also from our podcast standpoint. Uh, it's just like pure gold. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's like finding pot of gold at the rain under the rainbow. You make all these relationships. You get to know the people, have them on the podcast when you're there. But then that sends you out into the world with a lot of uh, ammunition to keep going. So it's just such a wonderful and, and, event. And with you, they either like invite you to stay at their home, or they have like a <laughs> restraining order against them. <laughs> I, I don't have to. <laughs> No, but I mean, it is such a cool, tight knit community. And, and, you know, the media row is going to be next to Justin's House of Bourbon this year. So we are working really hard to make sure all the master distillers are rotating through and signing and meet and greets, which means that we feed them right into your area to sit down and hopefully, you know, talk to them. And um, so, you know, and, you know last, last year was the first year we did the media row, and you, you might have been the only group that took us up on the whole weekend. And now we've got nine. And they're planning on being there all weekend. Yeah, they were all just a little bit jealous that, you know. Well, we're excited. There were some podcasts that came down for a couple of days and we're, we're checking it out. But what you put they on they last year, camp out. it yeah. wasn't even it wasn't even something that I'm so glad. I mean, just knowing you and knowing how you do things, it's just like what what, you know, because I get to now that this is getting a little bit bigger. I get to do some of your job in planning and putting things together. And it's 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 a a lot of hard work, like you said. You just you know, Fred Minnick goes out there and he does all these podcasts and everything. But people don't realize what kind of work editing is and all that. They just think you know you do this and you drink. It's not that way. You gotta you're trying to up your brand all the time. And what you've done with Kentucky Bourbon Festival in three short years, the brand is upped. You know what I mean? And then like you said, look at where you're pulling people from everywhere and that's and that's what it's all about and and the the cool thing and and there's never a silver lining in a pandemic okay so i can be clear on that (laughs) however the 2020 year that we canceled the live event and did the virtual with steve coombs we had 
all 20 of the major master distillers right here. They weren't traveling, they were grounded. And we did the virtual event that's on our YouTube channel. And numerous things happened after that. One, we got a lot of master distillers going back into their home distilleries and talking about how well they were treated and how high quality the production was. So that was, that was cool. The second part was we got into audience building. So we turned on people from all over the country, maybe the world, to the concept of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, even though it was 29 years old at the time. There were people who lived 20 minutes away that never heard of it, or mm-hmm. if they heard of it, they've never been. And so that YouTube channel and our social media opened people up to this. So now, again, all 50 states, Canada and Japan and the UK, they're all coming. And it, that's just the beginning. I mean, there are people that are just like, hey, we've never been. What are we expecting? What What's going to happen? And, and you saw last year was the first year of the new vision, and there were a lot of warts. You know, there were a lot of things that didn't go well. And I've spent every day since last year, and, and believe me, every day improving <laughs> the functions, the operations, the experience, what you, how you get into the event, what you experience when you're there, what you visually see to help navigate people around. And, you know, we're cutting, it, cutting people loose at <clears> 6 <throat> o'clock at night. Instead of trying to be 10 to 10, we're noon to 6, but you're condensing all of that programming into a tighter but we want to turn people out and get them into the distilleries and, and get them out on the town, get them into the restaurants mm-hmm. and the bars. And and uh, so I'm really excited to kind of follow up last year with what we have planned this year. I, I think like just an example, you have that 4 to 6.30 on Friday night, Jim Beam uh, on-site dinner going on with, with Fred and Freddie and everybody. But then they, on Saturday night, it comes across in your email they're having their own event at with at the kitchen table, which is their their supper club, and they're going to do yeah, and that gives everybody that gives the distillery a chance to shine. Also, not just the people at Kentucky Bourbon Festival gets right. that, like you said, and they're doing that. And as a festival goer, you're getting all the emails and you're getting everything about what you yep. can do past there. You know, uh, on Saturday night, we're going to actually. Uh, actually throw an event at our our you know where we're staying and bring in all the scotchy bourbon boy people but but you know if you're a member of the scotchy bourbon boys you know you might have to stop by (laughs) no but you you're absolutely right so this year bourbon in the air thursday night so friday we kick it off with bartisan bourbon company and we follow it up with beam the next morning we come back or afternoon we come back with old forester chris morris gonna be there talking about the 1870, 1897, 1910, 1920, and then we wrap it up with Rabbit Hole doing a happy hour. And then when you just think it's done, you come back Sunday and Mictors is doing the Sunday brunch. Mm-hmm. And every one of those, they're bringing out their, their best stuff. And it's just, I mean, it's just so cool. And then when we close at 6, you've got Barstown Bourbon Company, Lux Row, Maker's Mark, Preservation, uh, Damp Crossing, Log Still, Jim Beam, all doing events outside of the the run of the festival but that's why we're doing what we're doing we're bringing people in from all over the country giving them the six hour immersive experience and then turning them loose on the town and every one of those distilleries that we've mentioned as you know have spent millions on the visitor experience their tours their guest centers their restaurants their bars and tasting rooms their whole campuses so it would be unwise of us to have all of this partnership money and investment in the festival improvement only to try to monopolize them all and not, you know, share. And 
And uh, my inspiration for that, years ago, I went out to Denver, Colorado on Labor Day weekend for the Taste of Colorado. And I, I saw this festival breathe people in, entertain them in the afternoon. The main stage would actually shut off and the roof would come down. And people would go out on the town and do all these experiences and come back at 6 o'clock at night and then have your evening party. So I've seen how an industry and a town and a festival can breathe people in and breathe people out and then bring them back. So we're kind of testing that a little bit this year with the, with the Bourbon Festival. Bring people in, give them an experience they can't get anywhere else. And then breathe them back out to have that authentic mm-hmm. Bardstown, Kentucky feeling. <laughs> uh, Greg asked me if I have a spare room for Saturday night. Uh, we probably could work something out for Greg Schneider. There's no doubt about it. And then, uh, uh, the, yeah, Aaron, Aaron, who was asked a question before, he just talked about how amazingly friendly the distilleries and the distillers are when you're there. It's just, it's just kind of like an experience that's. That you guys can offer that nobody else is offering. There's other, you know, other festivals out there, but I think when you're talking about whiskey and bourbon, that's that. This is this is the one. And uh, look, look at just look at Greg Schneider. Look at his resume. Look at all he's accomplished, and the guy will absolutely stand there and talk to people and laugh and tell stories. And he's got the stories. Trust me, I you know, I've heard a number of them. But he'll stand there and you know sign a bottle and and it it is absolutely the most gracious group of people i've ever experienced in, in any industry yeah and you just like you said you're just you deal with luca mariano people you deal with uh you know uh, one of our sponsors is uh log still which they're doing their first ever on that that i think it's saturday night friday saturday night no friday, friday night, night was the train ride mm-hmm. they're they're right. gonna put the people on the train bring them into the station feed them dinner and take them back out. I mean, what, you know, that's, that's an experience like no other place, you know, as far as up until that point, the governor is really the only person that's ever had that experience when they came in for like the the ribbon cutting and the big announcement. And and, and it's absolutely a a cool experience. And if you think back 10 years, there was no real visitor experience. And now you've got the, you know, the Wally and his family doing what they're doing. You've got Bartstown Bourbon Company doing that experience. You've got Jeff Crow at Heaven Hill and that experience. You've got Jim Beam in the kitchen table and what they're doing. You go out to Maker's Mark. It's a slice of heaven on earth. You look at what Four Roses. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Buffalo Trace, those experiences, it's just amazing that what you can do. What's really crazy is you had Heaven Hill with their visitor center. You had Buffalo Trace all doing these amazing experiences jim beam had a huge and they're in the process of the second round of upping that experience you know what i mean they're just it's like they're you know what was it 1.2 billion dollar expansion for buffalo trace that just that's just it's insane but okay and the money they spend on the production side of things the bottling and the warehouse space production facilities is boggling to the mind but then when you look at how they're matching that with the visitor experience, and it, it I mean, <clears throat> Jeffrey, you've seen, you grew up watching the Packers. Yeah. When you and I would go to Lambeau Field in the 80s, it was a big green shed. Yeah, that's and it. That's it. And Kmart uh, and Shopco, and, and now you go, it's the atrium, and it's the brick, and it's city blocks right. of experiential. That's what's going on with these distilleries. Well, now. let's just hit home with you. I went to the... As a kid, I went to the Wisconsin State Fair. I mean, I grew up there. I went there when I was 
8, 10, 12. Then, you know, when the Packers were good in the 90s, I was in my 30s, I took my kids there. But then to go this year, and you, you were a part of that, it's now yeah. solid. The, 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 it's not collapsible stuff anymore. I mean, almost every single booth is a permanent booth. And that's kind of like what I see how you're, you know, you know how to evolve a festival. And at one point, I think someday we'll get to, you know, you get to that point. I know where you're having it but, now, you wouldn't, but, you know. But I'm proud of that. And when I started and I grew up going to the state fair, I actually took my cattle as a 4-H kid, the state fair in Wisconsin. Um, but it was, everything was tense. You know, and yeah. the bleachers were the high school bleachers. And yeah. and uh, you fast forward, and I've got rid of a lot of those tents and, per, you know, permanent installations, capital improvements that maybe some of them only get used for those 10, 12 days a year, but some use them all year round for the car races and stuff. And the, and the, the Milwaukee Mile racetrack and the investment, you know, multi-millions in that. Now, I don't know that Bardstown and the Bourbon Festival is ever going to get to permanent structure. Right, right. Part of Part of the coolness of this event is that it's a couple of blocks from downtown. It's yeah. on historic 220-year-old, you know, property. And if you go there today, you can't tell it's coming. It boom, it blows up, and then it goes away, and it returns back to kind of a, a community park vibe. And I like that. I mean, if you if you went last year or if you haven't gone and you're coming this year, I mean, you will. I mean, the, the, I, I'm not afraid to tell you this. We've got probably $60,000 just in tents. Yeah. Well, I remember how much space you had, you know, and in, in in you had to deal with the rain and everything, and you, yeah. you you dealt with it unbelievably, but that space, there was a lot of, and this year, I was looking at the layout, and you've got it, like, filled. It's oh, just like, there's just there's no walking across, you know, yeah, 20, was, 20 yards to the were, next place. There were gaps of, yeah, where there was emptiness. And that's but that it. wasn't <laughs> bad. But we're, we're, all, we're all adults here, right? Right. I mean, there there are some tents that you'll see that are going to be the sides will be smeared with Vaseline and they'll be stuck in between <laughs> trees. You know? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's going to be close yeah. quarters, but I think it. Ah, geez. You know, well, it's dense. It's densely programmed, which is what I want. That's A good. lot of room to breathe and move people through, but this density that you wouldn't expect to see in in Bardstown, and that it, you, you walk that balance. I got to get people in and move them through. But I got to, like, make sure everybody has this, like, whoa, you know, epiphany of how cool it's going to be when they hit it. Yeah, I, I mean, I know how many people you're going to have there. But when you're talking about 48 distilleries giving out samples, is there even going to be a line? <laughs> it's just like... I hope not. No, there's cool. not. I mean, think about it. Anybody who's never been to the festival maybe not appreciate this. People that were there last year would appreciate it. And people that have been there for years before would definitely appreciate this. You, last year was the first year that we did sampling. You could walk up to any distillery and get a sample, but you had to pay for a ticket and blah, blah, blah. This year, the three-day tickets include all your sampling. So for $42 a day, I think is how forty-one fifty whatever, per day for three days, you get unlimited sampling from 48 different distilleries. Yeah. And, um, and it's including... You can't complain you about that. I mean, that's line. just amazing you bargain. Just walk right? up with, you just walk up with your glass and... Uh, we did something fun this year too with the glasses. So when you walk in the main gate, and if any of you were there last year, you remember the big Rick house that was the entrance into the, the yes. great yep. tent? Well, now that is now our main gate. That structure is built on the street. When you come in, cool. and you walk in, you get your glasses. And last year, 
every glass looked the same. They all said the Bourbon Festival. This year, the glasses all had the, the Bourbon Festival logo on the front, let's say. And on the back side will be a variety of the top 10 or 11 main distilleries. So you'll, you randomly will, might get a Beam. You might get a Makers. You might get nice. a Marston Bourbon Company. You might get a Heaven Hill. You might get a, and a, a, a Rabbit Hole. And it's going to be kind of that fun. Hopefully, people will get in and want to like kind of trade like trading cards. Like, I'll trade you my Maker's Mark for your Jim Beam or whatever. <laughs> and uh, but, but it's going to be a whole cool experience from the time you get there until the time you leave. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. Uh, we look forward to it. And uh, I know uh, we talked about it, kept you a little bit longer than we wanted to. But I say, is my 20 minutes done yet? Yeah, yeah exactly. We're, we're still under 45 on the actual thing. So uh, I, what I'll do is I'll... Double Kate said earlier, I said, I got 20 minutes. And she said, okay, so that means like 30 or 40. She knows me. So we did 45. So, so Greg congratulates us of having you on tonight. He said he... All right. He and David Mandel envisioned a totally new concept for the Kentucky Bourbon Festival and made it become fantastic reality. And I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Last year, uh, I I think Greg was impressed. He, you know, he was down there. Greg's a good friend, a friend of us. Bill says he can't wait. Uh, Kate said it was 45 minutes. (laughs) There it is. Chicken pack. Yeah, we're definitely we're we're a fan. He's co- yeah, yeah. If we're, if we're gonna put you up, Greg, it's gonna cost you, right? So September twenty ninth, Greg's coming up and doing our Scotchy Bourbon Boy meeting, and then he's heading up yeah. to, up to uh, Putin Bay. You know, up in that area, the Catawaba. Yeah. He's doing, I believe, I forget what the, the the restaurant, but they're doing an event there. We're gonna go there, and then I have to get home from that event two hours away. And leave at five o'clock in the morning to get down to Bourbon on the Banks the next morning. So I got three nights of just awesomeness. Are you, are you staying here one of those nights, or what are you doing? Oh, Bourbon on the Banks will be um, Saturday night. I'll be down there. We're gonna. I can't go back after that. I'll be that, there. Okay, I'll be there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's got an Airbnb. People think I've got a good job, but man, Mr. Snyder, he's got the gig. He's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he knows what, and, and to watch him do, he, I think he's doing four different liquor stores, and then he's going to do our meeting. I'm hoping to get him into the man cave for a couple pours, you know, go yeah. do that, and then we'll head over, do that. They're spending the night, and then they're driving the two hours up. I got to work, but I'll just right after work head right up there, and should be a yeah. good time. So when I grow up, I want to be like Greg Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? The man's man, right? I mean, that guy. <laughs> yes, he definitely uh, knows how to live life right. We love you, Greg. We love you. We love you, Greg. You're a fellow Scotchy bourbon boy, so we love you. Yeah, Xavier, thanks you for your time too. And uh, so with that, let's just. Uh, I, I wasn't quite ready, but I'm almost ready because, let's see, I just got to switch As soon as the camera goes off, I take this nice fancy polo shirt off, and I go back into festival mode for the next two hours. So There you go. So, everybody, remember, we're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, www.scotchybourbonboys. We're also on all social media. We are on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. We are also on YouTube and, uh, let's see, I... That, that was five. And then make sure you uh, wa- uh, listen to us on all major podcast formats. Alexis will t- listen to the Scott. You can ask Alexa. You can ask Siri to listen to the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, and they will, you know, and then also Spotify. But thank you again, El Presidente. 
Um, you know how much we love you. Uh, you, it's just. Uh, yep, looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, it's <laughs> close, and just uh, hopefully, hopefully everything is. Uh, you know, everything that you've envisioned gives you a little bit more time this year during the festival. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's One can hope. Thanks okay. for having me. Yep. To see y'all. So here we go. Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask one. Oh, don't ask one. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask one. Oh, don't ask one. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. I tell you, I tell you. I tell you, we must die. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.